think we can bring the Nintendo Switch down here and play on it. And uh, my... Yeah, so the noises will be... Recorded? Yeah, so the video... The people in the video will hear it. That's just construction debris. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the soundproofing is definitely not uh, how I've gone. Not too mad about the space itself. No, the size is nice. Yeah. I basically squeezed it as much as possible. That, that like, initially took us all to here. I'm like, no, you're going to want that out to here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not looking for, like, standard. Uh-huh. Very specifically looking for non-standard. This will totally work, though. Uh, I need to grab the phone charger. Oh, yeah. I'll be right back. And if I'm not having my headphones here, I can put my drink here. Yeah. That checks mm -hmm. out. I'm good. Thank you. Uh, check, check. Testes, testes. One, two, three. Okay. Yeah, I had a, I had a charger for Mary's computer, which is a Chromebook, which I have gotten Audacity to work on a Chromebook before. But it's just a bit too much to ask for it to be able to run Audacity and be able to rec register what's up with these mics and stuff. Uh, I would like, say that's so. Just not yeah. Chromebook material. Got it. Oh. This is some good gear. <laughs> I can't tell if I'm actually hearing playback in my headphones or if I'm just hearing like my own skull resonate. I couldn't really tell that either. Yeah. It's either the clearest sound ever or it's not working. I think it's not working. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to take these headphones off. Okay. I think the microphone's I don't still really working. think we, I mean, there's, dude, yeah. I don't think we need the headphones. No. No, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. That's, that's Tony making sure I'm good to go on all fronts. You certainly are. He's a good guy. So, <laughs> Cuddy Sark, let's pour some of that. Alright. You have your amaretto down here too? I do. That's what this perfect, thing is. Perfect. I've got some ice if you want any. I will want ice for yeah. sure. So go ahead and pour those up. 
and uh, the. Now, yeah. I honestly do like a 50-50 mix, but I'm fine with whatever. Uh, not quite. More, <laughs> more on the scotch for me. Right. You know what, though? You know, you know, I'll drink what you're drinking. 50, I, I, let's 50-50 let's it up. I mean, I basically do whatever. So, that's that was my, um, my maternal grandfather's drink of choice, was Cuddy Sark. Yeah. Yeah. He he was uh he was in the navy in World War Two and that was what he could afford was Cuddy Sark right. whenever whenever he would uh have a have a drink. And even when he got very successful in business and all that, um he owned like ended up owning a chain of newspapers. Okay. But he ended up very successful and like wealthy and still drank Cuddy Sark because of just like nostalgia for the most part. And I mean there's something to that. Sure, absolutely. But he would but man, like just on its own, not for me. <laughs> Fair enough. But I did, I did catch when you were like, what kind of scotch do you have? Yeah. I was just like, and I was just like, oh boy, he's going to say Cuddy Sark, isn't he? And I'm just like, I was just kind of like, I just had that thought. I was just like, man, that's what it's going to be. That would be hilarious. And so it is. Yeah, and we're going to see just how well my mic did not pick up that. But that's the idea. Okay. I mean, yeah, this is perfect uh, level testing. Just banter. <laughs> Thank you. Probably for the best. Smells great with the amaretto. See, but Cuddy Sark is really good for mixing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't drink it straight. No. My pop would drink it on the rocks. Although. And, ugh. <laughs> Although, yeah, that was my uh, first time going out and buying Big Boy. Oh, this is just fine. Big Boy hard alcohol for myself. The lady at the Kroger was like. Wait, you want you want what and what? Like, you're not gonna like that. I'm like, I've already been drinking that. I'm just buying it for myself for the first time. Yeah, Scotch and Amaretto. It's a Godfather. Look it up. She did not believe me. I mean, it's pretty good. Of course, Amaretto is total cheat code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. I mean, that. Yeah, fair enough. Amaretto is delicious, but it's too rich to drink on its own, and so you gotta like mix it with a spirit to actually give it some balls and well and and i knew i was gonna have i knew i was gonna have amaretto as at least part of my drink of choice way back when we were doing like a christmas like cheese ball with like chocolate and amaretto mix and i was like you know like 13 or something i'm like well that's really good yeah <laughs> So remember with this with this beer, yes. Don't drink it all the way to the bottom because there's stuff at the bottom. Yeah. So this is this is your homebrew and it was vanilla. This is white chocolate. White chocolate. This is the white chocolate blonde stout. Okay. And okay. Um, we we named it the talented Mr. Sipley <laughs> because it's this is another just kind of tangent story for 
posterity now. But I brewed it with my brother Brent and our friend from high school, Tim, who's like our mutual, like one of our best friends, like for like hands down. So um, Tim had this idea in his head that we should name it after, name this beer somehow after Philip Seymour Hoffman. Because <laughs> um, there's that one scene in Along Came Polly where he's playing basketball with Ben Stiller's character, and he's just total trash at shooting, at, at playing basketball. <laughs> what do you need, Patrick? No, I'm Darth Vader. Okay. Patrick, I will show you some of the stuff tomorrow, okay? Sorry, sorry if I got you thrown off earlier. I meant to say tomorrow. Alright? Hey, you gonna be good for mommy? Sure. Anyways. So. So. A little commercial break. So there's that scene in Along Long Came Polly where, like, uh, Phil C.R. Hoffman is playing basketball with Ben Stiller, and he's, he's really bad at it. He's just like, but, he, but he's so confident in his shots, and he's literally, like, throwing up a hook shot, and it's just like, white chocolate! And then, like, <laughs> and, 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 and it just, like, ting, like, off the, off the hoop. Like, terrible beautiful like just a really funny moment in that movie though but and you just like so so that was the tangent that spawned like we need to name this beer after some philip seymour hoffman movie <laughs> so not vanilla not vanilla um it is white chocolate and so when i wrote the description for untapped about this beer i included seven philip seymour hoffman movie titles in the description. <laughs> Let the record show that this is also now the only room in the house that has a functioning, like, straight-up door lock. Oh! <laughs> at least it goes... <clears throat> at least it goes one way. We'll have to find out on the other. But it's... it's We didn't double up the drywall, so... Well, it's, it's uh, only appropriate that you have a door that locks in the room where we're talking about the secrets of an esoteric order and such. <laughs> yes, yes. So that does bring us to the uh, the topic of the evening. Um, I am gonna try some of this. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, man. You like what you like? <laughs> you like what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> it was coming around. Mm -hmm. I like how we both like instinctively also have our radio voices on. A little bit. I actually like knew. Oh, that's good. Glad you like it. Yeah. I'm pretty. I'm pretty happy with how this turned out, especially how dicey it was. Like when before it was ferment, before it like uh, carbonated. Yeah, this is one you like had to save, right? Yeah, and then I was just like, "What's happening? Why does it taste like bananas?" And then we carbonated it, and it was like, "Oh, this is fine now. It actually does taste like white chocolate." <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I'm I'm very happy with this. It's not a lot of alcohol in it either. It's like three point eight. Okay. Yeah. So it's, yeah, you could drink that. Oh yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so I basically figured I'd break in the studio with something a little bit... Well, I, to be honest, I've had like eight different plans for how to break in the studio, but uh, my buddy Andy was telling me how he's going to move way far, you know, to the other end of the state. Um, so I figured I might as well take advantage of that. 
and just uh, see if we can get him over here for something actually in person. And here I am. <laughs> I, I I think my uh, my extra goal of being able to fit a quartet in here. Well, I mean, I, you could fit a quartet in anywhere. Billy was looking at the spaces like I've sung in tighter spaces. Those barber shoppers. Yeah, but they'd also like go deaf the way they sing. Like yes. just like belting the way they do in a space this big. That would. I don't know. It just sounds problematic. It, 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 pro- <laughs> it probably would kill them. But yeah. uh, honestly, like that's how any of them want to go. I know that group. That's fair. It, it throws me off. Now, you're you're, in re- you're not a barbershopper, right? Or I, you I, I have been. Um, I haven't been recently, but okay. I, I did used to sing with the Newark Chorus. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I had you in my category of like Billy's male friends, and like there's not a lot of like space in that Venn diagram for Billy's male friends who do not sing. At least have a barbershop part. So are you? No, we we did. Um, I did sing the Newark chorus for a little over a year. Yeah. Um, when I moved uh, back to um, when I moved back to Newark, um, when I was finishing up college. Yeah. Or actually, I got there after I finished college, and I was still looking for a job and blah blah blah. But I lived here, and so like I joined the chorus, and yeah, basically it's like I didn't have a job, and I was looking for something to fill my time, and that was one of the things I did. Oh yeah. Other than like going back to Lodge, because I spent some time away from the Lodge after I initially joined. Because I joined when I was uh, when I was still in college. And okay. and so I joined... Was there like a flyer? Like, did you know someone? <laughs> um, so I guess but, no flyers. So the way you become a Mason is you just ask somebody who is a Mason. And then they have to bite you, right? No. Okay. I mean, that's optional. But that's, <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's optional in any... Kinky. That's optional in any social situation. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, um, the there's that the whole there's actually a motto: ask one to be one, and really all you, like we don't um, what's the word? We don't proselytize or evangelize mm-hmm. or anything. Recruit. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. We don't. Recruit. I've got a secular audience as well, so you don't have to remember all your religious buzzwords. Fair. So I actually um, have no audience. We don't. But we, hey. we don't do that. Um, <laughs> Um, no, we, we, uh, basically just let people come in, um, who are interested, who like, basically they express an interest in being a Mason and they were just like, okay, so this is what you do. You, you, uh, petition a lodge, right? Usually the one closest to where you live, but it doesn't really matter. Um, just a lodge. Um, and you just basically fill out a form in the presence of someone who's a member of that lodge and someone else and you get a second signature from someone at that lodge, and uh, they form a committee to investigate you and your character. I, I was just gonna ask, like, yeah. do you have to have like a sponsor? Or? Sort yeah. of. It's not like a, like, yeah, for lack of a better word, yeah, a sponsor. And then, like, they just kind of get to know you, and then the committee reports back to the lodge. It's it's a whole process. It takes right. a while, um, but. They're just like, yeah, we met with this. We met with this guy, and he. I think he'd be a good addition to the lodge, and I think we should allow him to continue and uh, do his first, uh, do his first degree, and okay. the first, and then basically, you do three um, sort of lessons, which we call, which are called degrees, and then you are a mason. Okay. Technically, you're a mason after the first one, but you're a master mason after three. Okay, it's and like full it's like intro level. <laughs> Sort of, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so so, like, is that like a full floor vote, or is that like a select committee, or 
Oh no! It is a, your um your membership is voted on by the entire lodge. Mm. And like, do you have to get everyone to say yes, or is it like simple majority or like fisticuffs? Um, yes, you do need. It does need to yes to the. Uh, I'm taking unanimous, the yes to the fisticuffs. <laughs> I'm editing the rest out. Y yes to the unanimous vote for okay. member for membership. The vote must be unanimous. How big is the lodge usually? Um, it depends on if you're counting who shows up or if you're counting the entire roster. Um, <laughs> How many people would be voting? On me, if I were to say, like, hey, I wanted to join you guys. It also depends on the lodge, but let's right. use my lodge as an example. Um, I am a member and a past master of Hebron Lodge Number 116, Ohio Free and Accepted Masons. And um, so our lodge has not a huge uh, membership and regular attendance. Um, like tonight, we had about a dozen people there. Okay. Um, for our special meeting, not our normal monthly meeting, we uh, called a special meeting to conduct other business. Gotcha. Um, how many? How many do you have on your books? Um, about seventy-five. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so you see that a lot of things. But there are a lot of members, um, not a majority, but there are several members who are members of Hebron Lodge, but have but now live in another part of the country, for instance. Okay. And so they are still dues-paying members of the lodge, um, and have the same rights and privileges as anyone else but they don't show up to meetings because geography makes that impossible so would they potentially show up to meetings at the other lodge and then like is there like a transfer you're like always kind of affiliated with your home ah, lodge so you're always affiliated with your home lodge but you can visit any other lodge whenever you want to during their during their stated meetings okay like that's why uh, one of the um one of the other names for a freemason is a traveler or oh a tra or a traveling man oh there's some there's some trivia. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like, uh, sometimes I'll uh, come across a uh, uh, someone I see wearing their Masonicry, and it's like, ah, oh, always nice to meet a fellow traveler. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Because you can visit other lodges and, like, meet more people, meet other brothers, and just, uh, like, get to know more people and learn about how they how they do things at their lodge differently and it's a good experience yeah so kind of like a social club sort of vibe oh for that yeah. for that part for sure for that part yeah. yeah yeah we'll get into the human sacrifice stuff later oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so boring uh, is, is there like is there like an id card or something actually i do have an id card <laughs> i was gonna say because like i could like show up and be like yeah i'm a mason like show me all the mason stuff like oh yeah yeah, love being a Mason. Mason's great. Yeah, yeah. Mason, Mason, Mason. So I'll actually show you my ID card. So how do you screen out people like my brother who bought like a Masonic ceremonial sword at a yard sale? Like if he comes up waving that thing, like are you waving him in? That's or? a bit of a red flag. Oh yeah, you come, you come with not, your when you come, with, you, when you come with your own sword. <laughs> I mean, every lodge knows where the where the sword's kept. So <laughs> well, one one lodge lost theirs and it wound up at a yard sale. Yeah. So this is my membership okay. card. And my and it'll be updated um, for next yeah. year because now I have an endowed membership. Yeah, so that will take this from is a member in good standing to uh, something else. It, endowed member. There um, you go. Giggity. Um, so <laughs> the I, I need a button I, for that. I couldn't help it. Um, no, no, no. I I was just getting ready to call you well endowed. So there you go. Thank you. Um, yeah. So it is like, a little warm in the studio, so our clothes are off currently. We I didn't I came in without clothes so. Um, <laughs> 
So, um, my basically endowed membership, all it means is that I paid a certain amount of money to never have to pay dues again. <laughs> okay, so yeah. li- lifetime lifetime yeah. membership. Lifetime membership. Well, sweet. There you go. Yeah, and since I'm leaving town, I figured, like, and it's also nice because your endowed membership actually pays your lodge, like, yeah. every year. So, like, it'll pay for itself as far as the dues that I pay within, within several years, because I'm only... I'm just now 34, um, and I'm going to be a Mason for the rest of my life. And and then even after I'm gone, like that endowed membership will still be contributing to the coffers of my lodge. Right. Sweet. Yeah. And so, hmm, that makes that makes me wonder. I mean, like, first off, are there other are there any other duties apart from like obviously we've talked about dues? Um, like, do you like have to come to a certain number of meetings in a year? Or is there like you know, like service project or something like that? No, not required. Um, basically, it's like anything else where what you get out of it is in direct proportion to the amount of time and effort you put into it. Okay. So you have some people who are just extraordinarily involved, and they see like they're like Freemasonry is a huge part of their lives and get so much out of it. And then you have people who like. They value Freemasonry very highly, but don't invest a lot of their time in it. Mm-hmm. But they still contribute to the lodge either by making donations or like uh, or uh, recommending people join and stuff like that. There's a lot of different ways for you to contribute to your lodge, but none of these are requirements. Like, right. It is. I mean, you're your own. You're your own man. Like you can yeah. you can do what you want. Like your your presence at meetings is strongly encouraged. Like we want you there. But you don't have to come, like especially because like we don't want it to get in the way of other things in your life, like your vocation or your family. Right. Oh, well, there's there's kind of a, a Catholic buzzword, vocation. So is that like is that a concept that the Masons have also kind of cottoned on to, or is that just kind of just like an Andy word that you picked? No, it's actually a, a vocation is actually used a lot in the lodge. Like, um, your your chosen vocation is not to be neglected. For like uh like it, in, in like uh, in terms of you're not supposed to put the lodge ahead of your own job or your family. Gotcha. For a second, I was misreading that. I was thinking you were saying like, I my my special calling in life is not to be neglected. <laughs> <laughs> no one is allowed to neglect me. That's my vocation. <laughs> I mean, it's nice work if you can get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like looking at some. I'm just naturally drawing Catholic parallels because that's what I do on this show. Sure. Um, I mean, you mentioned, like, the free and accepted Masons. And I know, like, for example, in Catholicism, like, you know, there's there's a few different, like, sub-varieties. Are there, like, the, like, servile and, like, look-to-scanstat Masons? So there's a bunch of different ways to be a Mason, and there have been yet more ways um, throughout history. Uh, there used to just be in the United States the, or actually in Europe too, I believe, but there were the Freemasons, and in other part of the country there were the Accepted Masons, which they mm. all did the same thing, and so like they, there's some sort of political, not like actual like governmental political, just like inter, like inter Grand Lodge political, yeah. um, like. So hand wringing and just like you're just like this is silly. Let's just all be like part of this together. So, so they just merged. Yeah. So so now now kind of like how like 
United uh, Church of the United Brethren and the Methodist Church became United Methodist. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They're just like, this is silly, let's just do this together. But now, now you've got me curious because I'm thinking about, like, you know, like, U.S. historical context. You said that was kind of like a U.S. thing. Was this yeah. like a North-South sort of thing? Or is it like... It actually was to okay. a great extent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of like the go-to divide. Yeah. And again, like, I like I, I made a direct comparison to... Uh, to Protestant, uh, um, like, uh, denominations, and Freemasonry is not a religion. We are a religious, other, like, we are, what's the word? We draw on inspiration from scripture, um, and we welcome anyone of any, any faith who believes in God, but Freemasonry is not a religion. Just wanted to be clear about that. Okay, okay. So does, like, you mentioned like drawing inspiration from scripture. Does scripture have a, like a special place in Freemasonry, or like, is it like you know we'll take equal inspiration from any faith, or like is there kind of a Judeo-Christian tie-in? I guess it's yes. Cool. Yeah. Um, that short answer is yes. Um, the radio <laughs> answer is uh, like there's certain passages in the Bible that are linked directly to our rituals, um, okay. and. Um, like basically just like what lesson are we trying to impart upon a candidate who wants to be a Mason? And so we do lift those directly from the Bible, whether they're coming from the Old Testament or the New Testament. Okay. Yeah. And, and I might be treading on dangerous territory here because I know there's like Masonic secrets and stuff. And like, it's, it, are you, it, am I going to walk out of this room? Like, are there like hit squads coming from my listeners right now? Should they probably stop? So... That's the, that's that's just another secret you're gonna have to live with. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. Well. No. So we are a society with secrets. We're not as much a secret society. The um, there is a history of scandal and intrigue and a lot of misinformation regarding mm. uh, Freemasons, especially in the United States and Britain. But yeah. um, but no, we. Frankly, if you look hard enough, you can find out like a lot of our ritual ritual stuff <clears throat> on Wikipedia. Like, you can it's it's there, it's buried, but it's there. And yeah. but so it's really just incumbent upon someone who is a Mason not to share those secrets just on just on their honor. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair mm -hmm. enough. Uh, so just. The scripture passages, and you can just say pass if this is one that you can actually like. Just because we've covered the New Testament or the Old Testament on the show so far, like are mm -hmm. any of them from the Old Testament or is it like New Testament? Can you give any examples? Um, I can. Um, there's one in I won't say what ritual, but basically mm -hmm. there's uh, one that using our rituals that's about the um, this I can't remember which book it's from. But it was about a skirmish between the Israelites and the Ephraimites um, when the when the Ephraimites are trying to um, advance beyond the uh, the Jordan River. Yeah, and is like, there like a lot of like waters run red and stuff? Because that's probably judges. Uh, no, but they did in the story. So yes, no, so yeah, I'm, take, I'm taking that back. That was definitely the case because they like they um, what was it like? What was it like ten and forty thousand or something? There was a massive slaughter of the Ephraimites by the Israelites um, in this in this passage. I'm, I'm gonna go with Judges. We'll check that. Yeah, <laughs> I I couldn't tell you. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Is 
is masonry like just carrying on with the catholic parallels like is there a freemason pope mm. like who's who's running the show there is not a pope um and really there's no single um figurehead in the entire organization um in the united states each separate state has their own grand lodge mm. and then they have um so it basically works the same way as a local lodge as far as the hierarchy there's a master who is the executive of the lodge the the head of the lodge and then there's uh the two people below it's like just going down the line it's the senior warden junior warden senior deacon junior deacon and then uh, there's, um, of course, a treasurer, a secretary. Um, there's a chaplain. And then mm. they're also a uh, junior and senior steward. Mm. Also a tiler to guard the door. And um, Did you say a tiler? Tyler, yes. Like, can he have another name? Or like... The, it's the title. The okay. title. The title is Tyler. That is not a word I've heard as a profession before. It's, um... Uh, actually a very, very old um, masonry term where something is sealed when it's tiled. Oh, oh, tiler. <laughs> yes. Oh, so that is going back to like the actual like masonry part of masoning. Yep. Very, uh, we, yeah, a lot of things are symbolic, but actually are kind of used for a purpose that actually serves the name. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so we are there is some scotch on the table this evening um, and I have you know heard of well from you and from other people as well like stuff about like Scottish right like is that a big thing even in US Freemasonry or what's the what's the deal with that it is um, so I'll, I have another card for it because I am a Scottish right Mason as well so this is a separate card are you one this good standing or is, are you card. showing me your endowment no, I am. Not, I do not have an endowed membership in the Scottish Rite Valley right. of Columbus. Um, so, cool. it's, it's Scottish Rite is broken up into valleys. Like there's the Valley of Columbus, of which I'm a member. There's a Valley of Cincinnati. There's a Valley of Cambridge. There's just several throughout Ohio. Okay, yeah, and like I noticed on there, it says uh, 32 degrees, and I know that means like you're you're freezing, right? Or like that's <laughs> one away from the top, right? Because there's 33. I have spun exactly that much. I have shifted <laughs> just slightly. Oh in yeah, because you guys got like the ruler thing going on. Yeah. So compass. No. So there's what's the, that called? Uh, <laughs> compasses. Yeah. Yes. So there's um, there's three degrees to become a master mason, and then um, a, a, an order like the Scottish Rite also has uh, other degrees. You may can feel free to consider them bonus degrees mm -hmm. because they're just further object lessons and like uh, morality tales that, um, that just sort of deepen your interest and knowledge of Freemasonry. And uh, I am a 32nd degree Scottish Rite Mason but I haven't taken all of those other 29 degrees because um, you don't have to do them in order. Okay. Yeah. So that's interesting. Cause yeah. So I'll be like, what? So like one, two, three to get in and yeah. then like 32. So you have to do four and then you, oh, four, and, sorry. you have to do four and then like, so usually um, for us at least there's a, um, what do you call, what do we call it? a reunion every year? Um, I think it might actually be twice a year for the Valley of Columbus. But anyway, every year they would put on a big, like, 
kind of banquet scenario. It was at um, like a what's that one place? I can't remember. Big big kind of banquet hall, and they um, they they show the new candidates the fourth degree, and then uh, a few other ones in between, and then the thirty second. Anyone who's taken part in the thirty second degree is a thirty second degree Scottish Rite Mason. Right. And so, and you can travel around to like experience the other degrees in any order you choose because there's a lot of them and it's a whole time thing. Sometimes people get it done in short order, sometimes it takes years. Um, mm. Like, I've been doing it for a few years and I still have seven to go. Yeah. And you that gotta was. Gotta catch them all. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that was actually made a lot easier. Um, when they put several of them online for members to view during the pandemic. Oh, um, yeah. They actually, they actually, with varying levels of production value, so, some reaching very, very nice uh, nice work, um, like recorded the degrees, um, like with in costume and like mm. with set pieces and all sorts of great stuff. And like it made it a little bit easier to. Um, get past the community theater level level of acting and get in really immersed in the in the story that was being put forward. Right, I I am seeing some parallels here. Um, have you heard of the Knights of Columbus? I have. Yeah, yeah. Because like, yeah, I, I'm a I'm a first degree member of the Knights of Columbus. I keep you know, kind of getting encouraged and keep finding it. I'll do it eventually. Um, the second and third degree kind of seems like getting like to the thirty-second degree sort of thing. They have three degrees but as well. They actually have four. Okay. Um, and so like so that that thirty-third degree is that is that something that exists or am I making that up? No, you're not making it up. So thirty-third degree is um, is bestowed uh, on members of the Scottish Rite who have been of particular service to Freemasonry mm. um, as an honor. Um, it is not something you can achieve on your own. It is it is bestowed on you. I was just gonna say like Freemasonry Honor Society. So like basically like so um, so you actually get um, certain titles along the way when uh, you reach certain milestones. Can you give me a title? Is one of them is one of them the Tyler? No, that's actually a an appointed position. Actually, it's an elected position. Um, Oh, I need to circle back. So we were talking about the structure of the lodge. Yeah. So the so the local lodge has those offices I mentioned, and the Grand Lodge does too in each state. So each state has its own like Grand Master or Grand Senior Warden. Okay. And so that's how that works. Just to close the book on that. Yeah. yeah. Like my 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 grandfather, on the uh, Protestant side. Um, was the <laughs> governor of the Lions Club, so I think gotcha. that sort of thing, like the yeah, so, yeah. Think, of, the think of it similarly. So, um, as far as um, a <clears throat> a thirty third degree thirty uh, third degree Mason um, in the Scottish Rite, uh, you, you're you are referred to by other Scottish Rite Masons as most illustrious. Mm. Yes. So like uh, so I um. The, the master of the lodge is um, just a very antiquated term uh, called the worshipful master. Um, worshipful mm. used to not be, be, have be such a loaded uh, word. It's so, just like a term of respect. Yeah, so, so, so some of my, a uh, little bit of my backstory, just a hint for all that don't know, and well, it, it's amusing. Um, 
I, I had to get used to the idea of calling a uh, judge in Canada your worship. So I have come across that as just a... That is a... Seems almost too respectful term. <laughs> that is a perfect um, analog for the... the for the... The um, et- etymology <laughs> of why the master of a local lodge is the worshipful master, mm. and uh, so uh, we, so being a past master, um, like I am often referred to in, in lodge among my brothers as worshipful, worshipful. I was brother gonna Black. say, I was gonna say, you're you're worshipful then. So, yeah. So yes. then, um, so like somebody who has been a uh, like let's say a district officer. Like, uh, in the, in the, like, you know, the level between the Grand Lodge and the local lodge. Okay. And so, they are a right worshipful brother. And, and so okay. on. There's a whole yeah. bunch of things that you can, a whole bunch of, like, a string of titles you can rack up if you care about that kind right. of thing. Right, that's, yeah, I mean, at, at some point I'll have to go into some of the fun, like, church titles. Because, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah, the reverend, the very reverend, the most reverend. That's almost more Anglican, but yeah, I mean, your eminence, your excellency, all the all the fun stuff. It, yeah, I mean, you can draw parallels between those kind of things very easily. Like, it basically any organization with enough membership and, en- and enough uh, uh, cachet or clout to it, you start getting some, uh, some names like that dropped oh, yeah. in there. Um, and there are other parts of uh, other orders of Freemasonry, too. Like, we talked about the Scottish Rite. There's also the York right and uh, and the and the uh, Shriners. You, you said York right, not like York. not like eating hobbits. Correct, York. Okay. Yeah, um, and so there are other degrees in these uh, in like the in the Shrine or in uh, in uh, a York right that accomplish sort of the same thing. Like yeah. there's just more information about masonry. You can do all of them. Um, and get and get like a more education and stuff about masonry in doing so, but also one thing that separates them is they contribute to different charities. Like, um, like that's one of the one of the tenets of being a Freemason is to be charitable. Mm. Like uh, my lodge, for instance, we every year contribute to a uh, scholarship at Lakewood High School since that's the closest high school to my home lodge. Mm-hmm. And then um, the other thing we do is we donate to the Ohio Masonic Home for it's like a like a um, assisted living and nursing home type area in the um, like a area in I think it's in Springfield, mm-hmm. but also um, every year we make a donation to the um, the Ohio Special Olympics, so those are causes that my local lodge has taken up. Um, the Scottish Rite nationally they help fund the national um dyslexia um foundation um and york right they um what was it i just found this i had to ask somebody about this earlier tonight theirs is the um knights templar eye foundation for like for like vision mm. and then the shriners of course fund the shrine hospitals right yeah and you can tell i'm still getting used to like interviewing people because you mentioned like york right and shriners and i jumped on york right when shriners were sitting right there like those are like the fez hat guys right oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's much more of a um like uh not to say it's like totally not serious but they're definitely more like of the uh more social 
in terms of their uh, priorities. Like, yeah. 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 Well, if anything was going to get me to convert, it'd be the Shriners. Actually, I've considered being a Shriner because <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun. Like, like the the hat's cool. How, like, how could it not be this? The same way every Catholic is like. I should go marry a Swiss girl so that I can get into the Swiss guard. Uh, but there's a catch-22 with that, you know? Uh, you, well, can't, you can't be married and be a Swiss guard. That's true. Yeah. I, I had heard that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean... I, I had this whole plan, but now my time has passed because you got to be under 32, and that one's a, that one's harder to fake. Yeah, a little bit. Um, especially, uh, maybe a little harder for you than, than even for <laughs> others, to be honest. The, Gee, thanks. Yeah. No, yeah. The... We're friends. Um, so the... I don't, I don't know. It depends on how badly you want to wear that uniform Da Vinci designed. <laughs> oh, you gotta love it. Mm. See, I want to wear the uniform, but I don't want to go through like the most intense military training like for an, like a national army in the world. Yeah, that that would be something. Cause... I, 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 man, I gotta say, every time I see the Swiss Guard... I hear like purple rain in my head, like like <laughs> Prince comes on in my mind, and I'm just like, this is these look, like I know like underneath underneath those bright colors is a badass, yeah. But man, mess, mess around and find out I'm <laughs> yeah, myself. pretty much. <laughs> like I, I I'm not gonna test they're, that. But they're not hiding. <laughs> no, they are not hiding. That is a good point. <laughs> Probably some of them are, actually, I would guess, with modern security protocols, but who knows. A cloaking device. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Oh, man. So, I guess you can answer this in whatever order you like, but, uh, like, what do you like most and least about being a Mason? Like, what's the good, what's the bad? My favorite thing, for sure, is... Or maybe about Masonry in general, sorry. Sure. Um, my favorite thing is definitely... Um, my like just the time I spend with my brothers in the lodge because like I've gotten to know so many of them so well that's one of the things that's kind of making it hard to move is like like the things leave behind but it's also one of the things that they stressed when I was just like come back as often as you want like mm -hmm. and they're just like I'm always welcome there and because they're great guys and like just the the people in general are my favorite thing about being a mason just the like something about just being among like-minded people um who it can be like we can have totally different backgrounds and everything but we are we're all united by this brotherhood and that and everything else can be different but that's the same and that unites us and like and so it's really easy to relate to somebody when you have that in common it's it's that connection yes yeah. do you think that's made deeper by some of the like you know we do have some secrets like you know society, like society with secrets yes so the esoteric nature of it like mm -hmm. does make it feel more special like you have this inside joke for lack of a better term that right. like like you have this in common this this uh this, this knowledge um, that's been passed down for generations and generations and you like like it's not something that you're lording over anybody but they just like this is special <laughs> and it's just ours 
Yeah. And yeah. And so, but that's just it. Like it's, yes, it's special and it's ours, but we welcome anybody who wants to be a part of it, like to come, come find out what we're all about. Like the only requirement is that you believe in God. That's it. Like, mm-hmm. and well, and at least for my lodge, you have to be a man too. I, I was I was just getting ready to ask that. You got guy teeing up, and I was like, I'm gonna let him talk, but I yeah. got I got a zinger for him. I was like, what else do you have to have? So actually, you <laughs> can be a mason if you're a woman. Um, okay. Like yeah, it's just, just like trade school. Yeah. I don't know how <laughs> trade school comes into it, but um, so there's different. There's yet there are yet other orders of of masonry. Mm-hmm. Um, one is the Order of the Eastern Star. Um, what most people would recognize as Masons, if like you drive into town and they've got that sign that has the like the Kiwanis and Lions Club and like all the mm. different community organizations yeah. around the, around the welcome to whatever town. Yeah. So we're not soundproofed on the ceiling, so yeah. This this is the studio test, and we kind of knew that that was going to be what it is. Yeah, it's okay. But, yeah. I don't think that was coming from the ceiling though. I think it was right outside there. So, but acoustics are weird in this house. Patrick, go back upstairs. Yeah, I'm gonna go make sure that we're still recording. That's a good idea. <laughs> See how far we got. Okay. Yeah, we're still good. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> a little bit of a clincher moment. Yeah, just like okay, how how much of this did we get? Yeah. Anyway. No, we're we're still alive. Yeah. That, that computer is a bit of a risk. There's a reason it was my third choice. <laughs> because it's true. If that one gets bumped, it will immediately die. Got it. Um, it does not have a battery life. Ah. So, um, like I was saying, like all the you go drive into a town, you see the welcome to Newark sign, whatever town. Yeah. Um, and it's just got like like the Lions Club, Kiwanis, like, uh, Lions Club, like, said that twice. Yeah. But, like, usually you, like, in, mo- in a lot of towns around Ohio, because there's so many Masonic lodges in Ohio, you'll also see the square encompasses of the Freemasons okay. on the same so side. Those, so those are similar but different. Like, a Knights of Columbus is, like, a kind of, sort of spinoff inspired by, but, like, the the Lions and the, you know, Loyal Order, the Water Buffalo. To, to be honest... Every single fraternal organization in our modern society is inspired by the Freemasons. Because we're the oldest. How how old are we talking? So who was the first Freemason? Um the 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 mythology behind it goes back to uh, the building of King Solomon's Temple. Oh and Okay. But as far as the modern Freemasons as we know the organization today it goes back to, I believe, the 17th century in Europe. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I had a little bit of a tie-in I'll have to point out to you at some point. That's okay. My, my listeners may have already uh, caught on, um, but Andy segued very nicely into one of my favorite themes of organizations that love to tie themselves in with the line of David. Ah, <laughs> pretty much. So, we discussed apparently that before, the, too. Apparently the British monarchy has that tied in as well, <laughs> somehow. And... Uh, yeah, I think I think there's also rumors that the prophet Jeremiah is is buried in uh, Ireland, no less. Although that's different. Huh. That would be different. 
But talking about like the community things and women and Freemasonry. Mm-hmm. So the one that most people recognize with the symbol that is most recognizable, the square <laughs> we, and compasses. We completely forgot about women as we were going, which is kind of standard. That is... <laughs> <laughs> such as life unfortunately so yeah well we're getting better um but uh we so what, what's there for the ladies yeah the one that people recognize with the symbols we call that the blue lodge like the the standard freemason lodge mm-hmm. um then there's uh for the ladies there's the order of the eastern star it's not ladies only though men can be in the order of the eastern star too oh okay yep yeah so they'll, they'll have to find their own uh, lodge if they went one with blackjack and hookers. Yes. Or you would, probably you some other would, entertainment. Right. And you know what? Forget the blackjack <laughs> and forget everything else. <laughs> so we just backtracked a whole lot. We on did. That, uh, but we had to make a Futurama reference. That's true. Yeah. Um, and there was something else we were talking about yeah the the first freemason mm, i yes. don't 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 know if there was one first freemason from like the 17th century in europe um yeah. because it was a huge thing like was the, it like more secret then um like was no, the inquisition after it was actually guys? Mo- it was, this was after the inquisition <laughs> well after well so not technically but we'll go into that fair okay yeah. um, the inquisition ended with vatican ii officially yeah okay that's yeah uh i'm not i'm certainly not gonna argue because that yeah <laughs> I, I don't think Af- I, after the heyday i don't think i could win that one, after, after the right. heyday but so um i think of the inquisition as earlier but you're right um yeah regardless the successful rebranding congregation for the doctrine of the faithful yeah that's the same office modern freemasonry came about as um almost a part of the enlightenment movement um in in europe like like well post renaissance and all that like uh people um like wanted something that wasn't just religion to uh, bind their community together and for a lot of for a lot of men in the old world and the new world, that became Freemasonry. And let me tell you how problematic that uh, you know not just religion sort of a phrasing. Not that Andy was meaning to be controversial there, but uh, I I think we would both agree that Freemasonry was not necessarily well received universally um, at the time. No, it um, was not. <laughs> um, so like at. At a point when Freemasonry was especially common, need a drink of water. Yeah. Uh, when it was like a, like in its ascendancy, and like there were lodges popping up all over the place. A lot of them were just in like taverns. That's where they would meet because that was like a like a place within the community where like people would just come and gather, and so that's where they held their lodge meetings. But these were all over, and it became so widespread that, uh, what was it, Pope Clement the Twelfth, in 1738 put out a papal bull against Freemasonry. That sounds the about Catholics right The Catholics could not participate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a whole thing. And then, yeah. I, let me tell you how right he was proven. I mean, maybe not quite. Some of these things can be a self-fulfilling prophecy. I don't know, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I imagine, you know, the Enlightenment typically not 
a lot of mutual respect between the leaders of the Enlightenment and the leaders of the Catholic Church. No, um, not so, so much. animosity there. Um, you see, and this this is going off on a little bit of a tangent, but that's all I do on this show. Um, yeah. You see, like, a lot of Freemasonry tied in with, like, the founding of the United States. Like, that I thing on the dollar. Like, that's Mason, right? Uh, a lo- Masonic lo- symbol? Loose, loosely, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's also, like, an ancient Egyptian pyramid and everything, but... Right. Like, yeah, it is, like, the, the Eye of Justice. Like, okay. Yeah. So, um, it's not even a symbol that we, like, even use a lot. It's mm. just It just happens to be there. Um, like, it's important, but it's not, like, uh, what's the word? Ubiquitous throughout everything okay. we do. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, they're, like, like, um several of the signers of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution were Freemasons mm. and important Americans throughout throughout American history. Like, ridiculously enough, like, so many of, uh, a- so many astronauts were Freemasons. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fast, fast forwarding a bit. Yeah, so quite, who, quite a who's, bit. Who's the most, like, famous free- Freemason? Like, can you tell me? Or, um, like, who's, who, I would, who's someone you'd know? Um, Buzz Aldrin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, that would do it. Actually, I'm pretty sure Neil Armstrong. I need to check that, but I'm pretty sure he is one, too. Um, but also, freaking George Washington. Now, now, Buzz Aldrin, that's an interesting choice, because I think it was Buzz, and I may be mixing him up with another astronaut. Um, one of them actually took communion on the moon. Um, not like as like Catholic, but like Anglican. Ooh, yeah, that like... may have been Gordo. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Because, okay, and honestly, I'm not entirely sure. I think both Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin were, but it may have just been one of them. And I can't for sure remember who. Yeah, whoever it was, they were a deacon. And, man, I I cannot recommend enough, although I'm blanking on the guy's name, uh, Space Rocket History Podcast by, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. We're going to do the magic of studio here. (laughs) I'm not going to say I got it in one, though. I'm actually going to leave in all these awkward pauses. Well, maybe portions of these awkward pauses. But there are, like, other, like, famous Freemasons. Um, Nat King Cole, jazz musician, was a Freemason. (laughs) All right, bud, and then go back upstairs, all right? Because Andy knows when you're downstairs, even when Daddy doesn't. Love you. In silence. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a there's quite a list. Like, uh, what's the the uh, Francis Scott Key? Um, oh yeah, was a was a Freemason as well. Guy who wrote the um, the national anthem. Um, oh, Paul Revere um, from the American Revolution. His famous. Uh, midnight ride all that like yeah the, the list goes on yeah. yeah yeah michael annis is the name i was trying to remember in the space rocket history podcast ah okay yeah i wonder if he's a mason i would not be shocked or at least some sort of type of club like you said a lot of inspiration yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, now one thing that keeps popping up whenever you talk history um is the french revolution um were masons helping lead the charge there or did they kind of like you know 
do their main event with the American Revolution? So this is this is actually a very interesting question because there were Freemasons involved. Um, that is the case in basically just due to the sheer commonality of Freemasons right. in society. I'm sure, like they were, they Louis the Fourteenth probably were, did his best to make sure there were none, and then there were a bunch. Freemasonry itself didn't have its hands in it, but there were Freemasons involved. So right. um, that said, one of the like. One of the um, actual things that you take in your oath as a, as a Mason is to conform to the laws of the country in which you live. And so we do not, like, by any means foment rebellion or anything as an organization. Like, that's not, like, something that Freemasonry as an organization is cool with. Now, Freemasons as individuals are free to do most of the things that they want. You are like basically like uh, um, any like murder, treason, and other felonies are non-Masonic conduct. Not sounding very free, Andy. <laughs> freedom, don't tread on me. No, no, freedom, I, freedom, freedom. I, boy. I, 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 could, I, I just think you guys need more rules. So, yeah, more rules. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, we already talked a bit about like the the Catholic Freemason thing. Um, yeah. As, as far as I know, that's still technically enforced. There hasn't been like a, like an undoing of that. But like, no, you guys but, wouldn't care, right? Be, no, not yeah. even a little bit. Like, like this whole time, like there's been no, like edict from any grand lodge or any mason who says no catholics allowed it's not a mutual thing it is not a mutual exclusion yeah like like we, like my lodge for instance would welcome catholic members we actually i do believe have one i'm pretty sure marco's is uh, is catholic but um but i don't know marco that well because i don't see him that often yeah um but um like i i'll put it this way there, um, I was talking with our district deputy grandmaster um, tonight because he attended he attended our mm -hmm. meeting, um, and he uh, we were we were I was I told him I was going to be on this podcast and like and it just it, it sparked some it sparked some interest in and we had a conversation and he gave um, you some talking points. No, he just gave me this really great anecdote. Um, just this one. Do it. And he uh, said that you know, like if I had been there um, when Pope Clement the Twelfth, like, basically said no, no Freemasons allowed in the church, um, then then it, then he was just like I would have just invited him to join the lodge, <laughs> and just like just become a Mason and see what's up instead of just saying like no, just saying no. <laughs> Power move. Yeah. Power move. Now. In the 1700s, that would have been a you know, life life was cheap. But like, let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have around and find out. <laughs> <laughs> we keep we keep returning. Yeah, that's a, I love that phrase. Um, but like, yeah, I just thought that was just like a great like yeah the, like that's a perfect point that yes, the Pope can be a uh, a Mason should he want to. I think even that'd be a bit much even for Pope Francis. Well, but we'll there's see. Not the, we'll see. The um, the uh, Masons wouldn't say no to it. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah. I I think you'd probably can, can, have a canon law reconsidered, can, and much like 
Yeah. Yeah, we reconsidered it much like we said, uh, you know what, John Lennon's alright, I know he wrote Imagine, but we'll still write him favorable reviews in our pop culture stuff. You know, they apologized to him like 40 years after. Um, so, I mean, you know, give it, give it another millennium. Yeah. I mean, the Ents and the Vatican. Yeah. Um, and, you know, may, maybe, who knows what's coming. Who knows the, what's coming. So, uh, this, like, this is a total conspiracy thing. And half, I... Half my I, audience is like, oh my god, oh, Greg, yeah. what are you doing? So... <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Is that obvious yet? So, I only heard this recently. And I have not taken the time to research it myself. But for the sake of entertainment, I'll just let it go. Um, like, that I heard a rumor that Pope Francis is a Freemason. <laughs> and I'm just like, I heard that and my mind exploded. Oh, but man. Yeah, like, just, and it's based on very, like, um, what's the word? Circumstantial, totally non-concrete things. Just like, you see, you see the way I, he shook that guy's hand? I feel and, like... like I feel like you can only hold so much conspiracy fodder in one, like, human frame. Yeah. He's already a Jesuit, uh-huh. which is right up there, uh-huh. and a Pope, which yeah. is also right up there. Right. Like, that would be, like, the trifecta. There's got to be some other Freemason. Like, maybe if he was also, like, sorry, some other conspiracy thing. Like, he's, maybe if you're also Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. I think we're supposed to be all things to all people, right? So he's just... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the code. As you're counting up the numbers in Hebrew and trying to make them add up to things. Big fan, though. I, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah? I, like I, I, I like Francis. Yeah, Francis. Yeah. Dude, Francis just seems cool. Like, like he just seems so approachable relative to uh, past popes. Even, re- even in the recent <laughs> past. Well, especially the recent past, actually. But yeah, um, now, now are we throwing pot shots at Benedict or John Paul? Bit. Or, no, Benedict. Or are you just yeah. like hating on John Paul the first? Not so much obscure. hating on it. It's just like it's just like there's there's a noticeable difference. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 in terms of have a beer with him, the world's friendliest pope. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say in the specific category of have a beer with him. Keep in mind, um, Benedict is Bavarian. So he's got that Touché. going for him in that yeah. particular niche. Yeah, I think I would rather have a beer with Francis, but the beer might be better with Benedict. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I've never tried Argentinian beer before, so I don't know what I'm missing, but I don't have as high of hopes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, well, I, I honestly, you know what, I, I think we've said enough and more. Um, is there anything else you want to add, uh, man? Oh uh, no! Or just uh, chat about anything. I don't know. Not really. Just like uh, at the risk of recruiting, like if you have any interest in being a Freemason, just ask ask somebody you know uh, who is one, and they can tell you more. All right. Well, I was gonna bleep that out, but that's fairly innocuous. We'll we'll let it slide. Yeah. <laughs> Shameless right. plug. Yeah. Thank you, Andy. You're welcome, Greg. Always thanks pleasure. for thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, thanks for coming. Hey, it was fun. Yep, see ya. And we've been wanting to do it forever. Yes, <laughs> yes. This has been in the works just about as long as the studio has. Yeah. Which, uh... But we did it! Yeah, I mean, I, the audio I've heard so far has not been as crappy, if so facto. Like, you're still gonna hear the humming of our AC unit and stuff like that. There's... I'm gonna put insulation up, but there's always gonna be the kitchen, but... This this is a purpose built space, so that's better than what I had. You just had to get Latin on the recording. <laughs> <laughs>
I didn't even catch that. It's so fucked up. Oh, boy. All right. Thanks, man. You want me to just leave this jar down here? Or uh, you want to take it up with me? Yeah, I'll take it up. Okay. It didn't even occur to me that there's a joke with the mason jars to be made. Oh, 